0: To make sure millions of people are getting paid on time and in compliance, ADP is staying on top of each new piece of legislation. So when it comes down to it, ADP isn't just a payroll and HR company. We're the company that helps you navigate complexity. Learn more at ADP.com. To make sure millions of people are getting paid on time and in compliance, ADP is staying on top of each new piece of legislation. So when it comes down to it, ADP isn't just a payroll and HR company. We're the company that helps you navigate complexity. Learn more at ADP.com.
1: Faded. Cut to. Exterior.
2: Interior.
0: Restaurants.
1: Bar. Club. Day. Night. Action! Good morning. Good evening. Happy today. This is Restaurant Fiction. I am your host, Monis Rose. We are the podcast that reviews every single fictional restaurant, bar, and club in TV and film. We are the podcast for the super niche. The person who loves all things pop culture, writing, food, creativity, and who wants the Hollywood Insider perspective. If you are in one or more of those categories, carry on and listen. If you're not, or if you do not love writing, pop culture, food, and Hollywood, then as much as it pains me, I recommend you to turn us off and listen to another awesome podcast. All right, like I said, I'm Monus Rose, your maitre d' for tonight's, today's, this afternoon's episode. And our guest of honor is hypnotherapist Isaiah McGee. Why is Isaiah McGee on? First and foremost, he helps all unlock their true potential. Second of all, he helps me through creative jams as well as the waves of life. Third, Being a writer, being a podcast for writers, we need to write characters with deep flaws. Isaiah knows of what makes a rich character who has so many deep flaws that make any hypnotherapist jump out of their seat and recommend their services to help them through their issues. Oh, and finally, Isaiah is an aficionado on Merlot's Bar and Grill, the prominent fictional bar and grill featured in the HBO show True Blood. Okay. Without any further ado, here is our review of Merlot's, or I should say, our true story of Merlot's, and our conversation with hypnotherapist Isaiah McGee. Go! Guys, gals, welcome to Restaurant Fiction. Today's restaurant, we usually review a restaurant. And the restaurant that we are kind of going to review, but we more have an anecdote, is what was formerly called or Merlots or Merlotes, and it later changed to Bella Floor's. And it is a restaurant, a bar and grill. There are a lot of country songs that after the work day is done in a blue-collar town, when you are working till the weekend, the reward is the bar. And pretty much in the Bone Temps Parish, it is Merlot or Bella Floor's. It doesn't matter what name you call it. It doesn't matter if you're eating the chicken tenders or whatever the line cook is going to serve you, because pretty much even though there is an owner, you get whatever the line cook serves you, period. But without any further ado, you know, and we're all fine with that, uh, more of an anecdote. You see, Restaurant Fiction, we've been living in Los Angeles for 10 years, and the first ever premiere that Restaurant fiction ever attended was the True Blood premiere. I believe it was for True Blood uh, season three. Now, how did we do this? Well, in a way, we kind of took Catherine Bigelow's invitation. Yes, the main Catherine Bigelow, the big director of big, huge Hollywood movies, that uh, she had an office on a movie lot. And evidently, she was not on this movie lot for five years, but there was this invitation, and uh, we happened to get this invitation. We called HBO, there was a number, an RSVP number, and they said, Sure, come on in. And hence, we got to crash in a way a big, huge movie premiere. And was the food good? Was movie premiere food good? Well, it, it was okay, but. You know, there was the essence, the essence of Merlots, that essence, that uh, Cajun vibe. You know, you had um, the werewolves, you had the vampires, you had the people who could read others' minds. And then you also had those Cajun margaritas that Lafayette always produced because pretty much it was his way or the highway. If the famous Catherine Bigelow is listening or her people are listening, well, in a way, thank you. And you really, Catherine, you really didn't miss much. The food was not that good, and uh, but there were some pretty, pretty cool werewolf uh, taxidermy I actually did steal a little trinket from this premiere. There are these skeleton keys. They're 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 pretty weighty. It's about five pounds worth of skeleton keys, and we're hanging them on one of our doorknobs uh, where we reside. So anyway, that is not really a big, huge, a real authentic restaurant fiction review, but I wanted to share that story with you, Isaiah, and to our audience. But um. Would love to hear your comments on Merlots. Would love to hear why uh, Merlots or Bella Flores, however you want to pronounce, whatever you want to call it, because it did switch over owners. But wanted to know why and how this restaurant and show resonates with you so much.
2: For me, it was more about the hub that restaurant became for all of the characters. For me, it was really a place for them to come and to accept everybody who came in there. And so when they were outside of the restaurant, all kinds of shenanigans were going on, uh, for anybody who's familiar with the show, of course, and their personalities and those things. But I always got a sense that whenever they would come into the bar, regardless of your stripes or background or even your intentions, if you will, there was always this welcoming vibe when you went into the restaurant and that people could be themselves when they're at the restaurant, and to a degree, let go of the agendas.
1: Would you be going to Merlot's if you had a chance? Knowing also, knowing this, knowing that your waitress could read your mind, knowing that there could very well be vampires, knowing that there could be (laughs) shapeshifters, knowing that there could be all kinds of uh, mythic, uh, fairy tale, supernatural elements of uh, this bayou Uh, Blue collar area.
2: Well, well, I tell you what, I'd certainly want to frequent there for all the reasons that we've already cited and have been exploring (laughs) here. However, I would probably have some kind of lead wrapped turtleneck.
0: To make sure millions of people are getting paid on time and in compliance, ADP is staying on top of each new piece of legislation. So when it comes down to it, ADP isn't just a payroll and HR company. We're the company that helps you navigate complexity. Learn more at ADP.com.
1: True Blood is a very creative show. Yes, it was based off of a book series, but still, there was a lot of uh, liberties taken from all of the writers at hand. Relating that, though, to hypnotherapy, how does hypnotherapy unlock one's creativity you know as
2: you were posing that question to me it again just struck me how even on the show true blood show um as you know it's part of the folklore of vampires is that hypnosis was one of the primary tools and means that they would use to bring people under their command, if you will. And so I'm just now making that connection in terms of my profession here, Manus. Perhaps that maybe there's another unconscious affiliation and affection for the show there is that unconscious thing about vampires uh, using their hypnotic powers, if you will. However, how I use them therapeutically is is that quite simply and frankly, and this is what I share with people at the first session that I engage with them is that your conscious mind is the driver but your subconscious mind is the engine and so your engine can either stall or continue to move forward based on the associations we have about ourselves about our life about our experiences those associations are what determine whether you're going to be stalled in your life or whether you're moving forward because of the nature of the associations if the associations that are in your subconscious mind are very supportive, then you find yourself continuously moving forward in a very progressive way. If there are associations that sabotage or undermine by means of your conditioning, by means of your experiences, then you find that you can oftentimes be spinning your wheels and hence be stalling, if you will. And so essentially, the therapeutic value of using hypnosis minus is to access, because that's all hypnosis simply means, is that you're in a heightened state of awareness you're in a heightened state of awareness that's all hypnosis means it's not some otherworldly state of where you're not in control of your faculties because people go in and out of hypnosis minus every single day most people go into it when they're driving so obviously you need to be paying attention when you're driving and if that's still a state you can go into hypnosis then clearly it's not some otherworldly kind of state or phenomena and so when that's used therapeutically You're able to, because through that heightened state of receptivity, you're able to then access the sabotaging and the negative associations that your mind tends to absorb and create narratives out of, and you're able to replace those. So that very organically and naturally, you find your life improving, if you want to use that linear term there, or you find your life being more rewarding because you're no longer making the mental associations subconsciously that would thwart, sabotage, or undermine you.
1: You can only pick one character of the show to be your dream client. Who would be your dream client and why? Lafayette,
2: right he would be the person that I would probably because my as I say my point in using hypnotherapy is for healing and that man has a lot of unconscious unpacked issues and so he would probably be one of the people where I'd give a complimentary intake session and intake is your very first session in my practice and I think I would uh, give him a complimentary in- intake session just to find out what's making this guy tick or what is preventing him from ticking, quite frankly. yeah, I'm telling you, man. and you would have to be good at what you do to have that kind of passion for even the things that piss you off.
1: Creators out there, showrunners, executives, they're they're writing the character with a strong emotional flaw in a way they can come to you because like say they could say, hey, Isaiah, there have been hundreds of movies and TV shows that dealt with this flaw this way, and now it is a cliche. But what is the real way or the authentic, genuine way? So, in a way, they can come and you can provide some solutions that are not just new and fresh, but actually genuine that go to the subconscious that you speak of.
2: What is interesting in terms of my response to that question, Manas, is that because I even, when I witness, therapists that are depicted on programs and in film and those kinds of things, they tend to be very conventional and without sounding um, derogatory whatsoever, but surface. And so my approach is always, how do you align with something in you that doesn't have an issue? And of course, that would be the antithesis to traditional therapy where Analysis for analysis sake is the whole point, if you will. Yes, it's supposed to be for insight and clarity, but oftentimes, quite frequently, therapy devolves down into analysis for analysis sake. And I'm interested in someone's liberation and freedom through their therapeutic use of um, hypnosis and hypnotherapy, if you will, more than I am interested in them being engaged with what it is that they're plagued with. And so I imagine one of the techniques I'd use, and of course this is general, but I would tailor it to the specificity of a situation or a dynamic, and that is for people to recognize what fundamentally about them is not compromised. And one of the ways that I illustrate that is the fact that Typically speaking, and not when one is riddled with anxiety, but just typically speaking, one is always breathing no matter what mood they're in you know, yes, you can be caught short of breath if there's anxiety in those things. But my point here is that because you're always breathing, whether you're in a happy mood, whether you're in a sad mood, whether you're in a disappointed mood, whether you're in a gleeful mood, you're always constantly breathing. So I I bring people to the fact that there is something consistent about you, even if you think that your success hasn't been consistent, even if you think that lists and relationships have not been something that has been consistent for you. I have them aligned with, as simple as this may sound, I'm one to always say that all solutions should be simpler than the problem. If the solution is just as involved and complicated as the problem, Minus, I tell folks to stay away from that solution. It should always be simpler. Not simpler in terms of the easy way out, but simpler in terms of Complication is not what allows something to be resolved. It's being able to laser to the essence of the issues and the rabbit holes of the consequences of issues. So you want to get to what are the essence of what the dynamic is that's in play that is plaguing you. And then the consequences of it, which the mind tends to be enamored with in terms of how it plays itself out then it's not necessary to play whack-a-mole with every little issue that you have. I typically find myself, when I'm listening to a client, is to synthesize down what are the one, two, three major dynamics going on with the 10 things they're telling me about what's plaguing them. And as I'm able to distill it down to those things, I am able to reflect back techniques and support systems and means That allows them to recognize what about them has not been compromised because the more we can align with what hasn't been compromised and not from putting a positive spin on anything or denying anything or suppressing anything but really legitimizing The fact that the only reason people are bothered by what they're bothered by is because they have a comparative dynamic in them that says, this is not who I am and this is not the way things need to be. That would be the only reason somebody could be frustrated is they have a comparative analysis in them. And so it's always that that I am getting them to see so that whatever they're addressing, they see it from the vantage point of what hasn't been compromised as opposed to thinking they are the
1: thing that's been compromised. I have one more um, question dealing with uh, hypnotherapy, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, uh, writer's block uh, is, uh, is a term that is always tossed around in the writing and entertainment community. It doesn't matter if you're a screenwriter or a poet or a songwriter, et cetera. Uh, how, uh, how can hypnotherapy help, uh, help uh, with writer's block? And also, yeah, navigating uh, the entertainment business or navigating any business. Oh, I'm
2: glad you asked. Essentially, any kind of block, and specifically as we're talking here, writer's block, comes from inadvertently where your focus is. If your focus tends to be on what you're not enough of, I'm not enough this, I'm not enough that, I'm not enough this, I'm not enough experience, I'm not enough, I'm not the right gender, I'm not the right orientation, I'm not the right experience. If your focus is on what you're not, then what you find is that's what blocks what you are. And so if you are a writer, if you have the inclination to be a writer, there's nothing blocked about that inclination and that um, capacity in you whatsoever. The block comes from Focusing on and um, looking at, if you will, metaphorically speaking, looking at what you think is wrong with you as opposed to discovering and continue to fuel and feed what is right with you. And as you feed what is right with you, such as if you have a love for writing, then you find that you unblock that bliss, if you will, of your writing intention and your writing direction because it's getting the fuel of your attention. And therefore, it's not blocked. The only thing that, again, blocks it is by default when your attention is on being occupied with what you think you're not. You think you're not enough this. You think you're not enough that. You think you're not having uh, enough connections. If you think you don't have enough money, if you think you don't have enough confidence, all those what you think you're not enough of, those are the things that will block what you are. And then, therefore, it does not express itself. So. Therapeutically, if I may, in a session, and I've had sessions where blocks of different types, including writer's block, or actors where blocks and being able to memorize or to be calm and centered in auditions comes up quite frankly, particularly with my base here being in Los Angeles, you know, one of the entertainment meccas. And so I find myself in a session with a client where that is an issue. I ask them, why do they want to write? Why do they want to act? You know, whatever the case may be. As I ask that question, what I'm really doing is unlocking and redirecting their focus. And when they begin to tell me, well, I've wanted to write ever since I was four years old. I was writing comic strips, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then they don't realize that as I'm listening to what they're saying, I'm actually fanning the flames and the embers of their passion and their purpose And because that is now getting the fuel of their attention by virtue of them answering my question, Manus, then what you tend to find is that the block dissolves because the attention is not on the fear of what you can't do.
1: You have uh, clients that are writers, you know, and in the entertainment business. If you were to give advice to a smart, driven, emerging writer, what would that be? Mm. To
2: a smart, driven, emerging writer. Well, even a writer who doesn't think they're that smart and that driven, my advice probably would be the same. And that would be, but it would just simply be empowered by those who already at least have those qualities at the ready, if you will, being smart and driven. But my emphasis would be on remembering or either recognizing or either discovering, minus remembering, recognizing, or discovering that your passion has all the intelligence to know how to use you. Most people are attempting to use their passion or to apply their passion or to get their passion underway or to find their passion, if you will. And the reality is is that passion is innate to all of us. You can indeed have the perception that you're disconnected, and I use those words intentionally perception of that you're disconnected. You can never really be disconnected from your passion, but you can have the perception that you are and therefore live out that perception. However, because passion is the very thing that's beating your heart quite frankly, that means that passion is already intrinsic to your nature, and just the idea of that in and of itself can unlock your availability to allow the passion to use you to navigate you to reconcile the obstacles quote unquote that you may encounter and even to neutralize the frequency of those encounters is when you recognize that your passion is using you rather than you trying to use your passion and that would be the advice that i would give anyone is to allow their intention to use to use them rather than trying to apply their intention because when we try to apply things our conditioning kicks, kicks in. Um, when we're allowing the passion to use us, the passion itself is pure and is not sullied or compromised by our experiences, what the statistics are, how many people make it, and how many people don't make it. All of that thing clouds when you are trying to use your passion. But if your passion is using you, um, if I may use this common vernacular, your passion ain't tripping. And so your passion will use you and navigate everything. And what you think is a mountain of an uh, uphill climb for you, you will find yourself surmounting that with the ease and grace of breathing.
1: If you were to tell this same smart, driven, emerging writer advice to ignore, what would that be? Oh, that's a good question, too.
2: Damn, minus, you're a good interviewer, sir. Ignore conventional wisdom you know, as I kind of briefly was alluding to in the last comment there, conventional wisdom. And not to defy it for the sake of defying it, that would be pointless and an unneeded expenditure of energy, but to not think that you have to dot the I's and cross the T's in the ways that it has been done. It is good to get insight from those who have already traveled particular roles that you're interested in, but you should not look to duplicate. You don't want to look to duplicate what someone else does, to think that, oh, well, that's the way you do it in order to succeed. So my advice would be not to follow is conventional
1: wisdom. Excellent, excellent. Where can people find you? Where can they uh, book sessions with you, learn more about, uh, buy your products, etc. This is the time to give the shout-outs and self-plugs.
2: Uh, absolutely. The website is A, A is an Apple. Conscious Life Now, aconsciouslifenow.com. Make sure you spell conscious correctly, because that tends to trick people up, but aconsciouslifenow.com. You're welcome also to call the office, 1-323-653-3463. I pride myself on also being as much a writer As I am a hypnotherapist, I've penned six books on empowerment. So the blog site on the ConsciousLifeNow.com is an award-winning blog. And so I really um, encourage people to check out some of the the posts that are on the uh, website, as well as you can directly get in touch with me through the website or contacting the office. I kind of alluded to this very briefly, if you will, during the course of our wonderful exchange here. And that is uh, one of the extensions that I'm embarking on now is providing empowerment courses that you can download independent of necessarily one-on-one sessions. That venture you'll also be able to get some information on when you go to my website in terms of there's a separate website being developed now that's just about the courses you can download independently. And all of those courses will integrate hypnosis as well as empowerment in various different areas and things, areas like confidence and other areas.
1: Isaiah, that was awesome. Thank you. Guys, Isaiah has personally helped me catapult and ride some of life's biggest waves with ease, just like all of his other clients. And just in case you weren't listening a few seconds ago, if you want to book your first session and many sessions after that, go to his website, com. So many people in our lives only listen to repeat, yet Isaiah is one of the rare humans who listens to understand. And in the end, we all just want to be understood Especially the characters we write Okay, tell one of your friends to listen to this episode Beside you, that is all we ask This is Restaurant Fiction, I'm Monis Rose And until next time, keep it real, keep it fresh And always keep it on the flip side Cut to Exterior Interior